0: Welcome to the Interworldwide podcast where we're going to be covering everything inter from our latest results to doing a mid-season review, our future fixtures, and we're going to cover a bit more and see where the conversation takes us. Um, I've been given the honor of hosting today's uh, podcast and thank you, Anthony, who is joining us today. So thank you, Anthony.
1: No worries, brother. Take it away.
0: And all the way from San Francisco, pulling a late night for us tonight is uh, Alessandro. How are you, mate?
2: I'm, I'm good. I'm kind of recovering for a flu, but, you know, uh, that's what the season brings. But I'm here with you. It's, it's a pleasure. And thank you, Bruno, for hosting.
0: No problems. All right, we're going to go straight into it. Inta finish the first half of the season with a one one draw against Atalanta. Um, uh, We're going to go straight into it and just go into what do you guys think. I will start with you, Anthony. I know Ale is very passionate about this, so we'll leave most of the talking to him. But, Anthony, what do you think? What's the result mean for Inter? And do you think they're going to bounce back?
1: Um, Yeah, it was a little bit frustrating, of course, to hold the lead for what was it. 75 or so minutes but inter were the second best team on the day and to be honest we probably didn't even deserve a point I do see it as two points dropped because as I said if when you're leading with only 15 or so minutes to go You always think that you're able to protect those points But at the end of the day dropping points to atalanta the most formed team in the country I, I don't really see it as a Setback that is going to plague this team I see it as a setback on the same level as the setback to Barcelona or the first loss to Juventus or the elimination to Barcelona in the Champions League. These are tough matches where you can really tell where Inter needs to improve. We're only halfway through the first season under Conte. This is a Gasparini oiled machine that has taken, you know, a long time to get to this point. They're in their fourth season now together. A lot of these players... So, a lot of them, it's just parts of the machine that have finally fallen into place. So, the result for me still bears a positive outcome and all eyes on Lecce, to be honest. Alessandro, how was your experience with Atalanta, mate?
2: Well, um, it was very frustrating and um, I, I hated the second half, most of it. The the first part of the game was fine. I mean, we. we got a quick um, lead and uh, everything seems like okay, we we can actually win this game and then we just stop playing and uh, that's something that I have never seen uh, this team do so um, so much because the, the second half of different games were like bad but this one in particular it didn't even look like a contact team it, it, it looked like we were back to uh, Mazzari or or you know something really really bad uh and yes in my opinion Mazzari team was really really bad <laughs> or oh, the board you know uh, at that level uh I don't know, we were just waiting and waiting, and our defense is strong, but against maybe one of the best uh, attacking team of Serie A, uh, we were able to hold for like 70 minutes, 75 minutes, and then we had to give up, and we were lucky to have um, drawn to the game and not lost, because if they give a penalty... Uh, on the Lautaro um, contact, uh, then, you know, I, I don't think, I think that that's it. You know, we, we lose the game and that's it. Uh, but uh, other than the, the, the point, one point, three points, it's just what happened in the whole team. You know, uh, there was a lack of concentration and uh, a, Lukaku was isolated in the front and everybody was back trying to defend and Atalanta was everywhere, everywhere. And it was so, so frustrating. This team, this Inter, is something that I don't want to see again in this Serie A Because, again, we, we played bad second halves in Champions League and I'm fine with that. But in Serie A, that never happened. We lost one game. <laughs> and uh, and we know how. But this game, uh, with uh content team, like with a content performance, this is something that we can win. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really disappointed. I can go on and on. But please, Bruno... Uh,
0: what did you think? Look, I, I'm, I'm looking at this result as a positive. Um, as Anthony mentioned earlier, Atalanta are the informed team of the Serie A at the moment. Um, they defied all odds they qualified for Champions League last year. They defied all odds being last in the group after losing their first three Champions League matches, qualifying to the next round of Champions League. Something that has given them momentum. Something that has given them absolutely everything they've needed to advance throughout the Serie A. Now you look at it like this: Inter, we're missing Barella, who had just come back from injury, picked up a yellow card in the last match against Napoli, and was suspended for this match. We're missing the heart and soul of our defense for the last couple of years, Skriniar, who also picked up a yellow last match and was suspended. ...for this match. Um, But look at it like this. And... um, ...you can... ...you can... um, ...you can argue against the point. But um, after 19 games, Atalanta scored 49 goals. Their last two games, they have scored 10 goals. Five goals in each game. And they've been an attacking unit. Now... We got out there, Martinez scored that early goal. And I thought, beautiful, we're not going to lose this. Um, I, I wish Inter, uh, Atalanta were awarded a penalty um, for the Martinez, uh, apparently leg grab. I'm not going to speculate there. But if the penalty was awarded, Inter would have changed their dynamic for the rest of the game. It would have been 1-1 if they converted, that is, it would have been 1-1 one, one, um, and Inter's dynamic would have changed, Conte's speeches would have changed, substitutions would have been different. In saying that, um, we had two men of the match performances, one being Martinez, who was up and down that pitch the whole game, and two being Handanovic, who saved the penalty. I'm not going to say it was the greatest penalty, but he still saved it. Um, and kept us within the point. Um, Looking back, if this was last season, I do remember the first time we played Atalanta. I think we got belted 4-1. So looking back, it's an improvement from where we've been. So I can't complain with that because we've been learned, um, because we've learned this season to expect so much from the team. Of course, it's going to be disappointing, but against the competition on the day, um, you know, since he, he looked a bit rusty, he had some glimmers of hope, but, uh, you know, coming back from injury, that's what you've got to expect. But look, one point is better than no point, but like always, never as good as three points. We finished the first half of the season two points behind the lead with Juventus, um, I think we should just leave it at that. Uh, We've got Cagliari in a midweek fixture.
2: Can I Uh, add one quick thing?
0: Of course.
2: You mentioned Andanovic and Lautaro. I would like to mention also Bastoni. Because in my opinion, was at that level, was one of the best on the pitch. And if it wasn't for that penalty, that, I don't know, um, it was kind of generous probably to compensate the one before or something like that, but I don't know. Uh, but if you take that episode uh, aside, he was one of the best on the pitch, in my opinion. And this guy is, is so young, uh, but he looks very professional, and, uh, and uh, I, don't know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I have very, very good vibes uh, for this player, and I hope that Conte uh, the bride, Godin, Godin, okay, can make uh, this player, like, uh, a very, very, very good prospect for us.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we've seen in the past, Inter getting rid of players too soon. Uh, most recently is Agnolo. Um, we regretted it instantly, but now he is out for the season with a torn ACL. So, it, look, let's not um, focus on the past. And let's look to the future. We've got two fixtures coming up, one after another. Um, We've got our first Coppa Italia uh, entry of the season, our first Coppa Italia fixture of the season. And it is against an out-of-form Cagliari. Um, I'm going to emphasize on out-of-form. They have lost their last four fixtures, and it hasn't been pretty. Most recently, they lost to AC Milan, who, again have not been to inform themselves. But um, they lost 2-0 to AC Milan, 4-0 to Juventus, 2-1 to Udinese, and 2-1 to Lazio. They also drew 2-2 to Sassuolo before that. But they have had a tough run, um, playing first, third, and the other teams aren't that good, so we're not going to mention them. But uh, they are out of form. Anthony, what do you think Conte is going to do with our players this game? Is he going to use the youth? Is he going to use this as a platform to not injure any players? What do you think our chances are?
1: Uh, You'll definitely see some changes in the starting lineup from Atalanta, especially because we've got Lecce as well. The Lecce game is very, very important. I can't stress that enough. We'll talk about it soon but I expect some some wholesale changes to the team. I expect Bastoni to stay. This is a great game for him to pick up uh, momentum. Skriniar was suspended and therefore has no fatigue issues so I expect him to actually be back in the defensive lineup. and De Vrij seems like one of those players where if he's fit, you play him week in and week out although I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Ranocchia get put in the side actually. To be honest, it's our first Copper Italia fixture of the season and everybody knows that when he's called upon as of late, he can still do a job. So for me, back three is Bastoni, Ranocchia and Skrinha, and I have a lot of faith in that. I definitely also expect Lazzaro to return to the starting side for this match and offer some really, really good pace on the right-hand side, which is going to expose Cagliari. They look pretty, pretty tired at the moment. So Lazzaro, perfect game for him to come in, in my opinion. And definitely one of the strikers has to be rested for this game. There is no point playing both Lukaku and Lautaro in this one. I think Esposito has a great chance here to get some minutes under his belt. You probably see a cameo at some sort of uh, time, maybe even for Alexis Sanchez, if he is fit enough to get that, you know, that first 10 to 12 minutes on the pitch, that Conte seems to love to give those players before they actually return to give a proper half game. Um, You always see that. Other than that, if I'm pretty sure Borja Valero's fit, so if that's the case, he'll probably start as well. Um, I don't expect Butella to play, even if he is supposedly fit enough. I don't expect him to play maybe on the bench. Uh, and Sensi and Brozovic, I'm not too sure which one of them makes up the midfield. But in terms of result, I do think we win. I think are deflated, I think, because being the home side, we'll have that advantage. And I just think the boys want to respond from the weekend best way possible. And even though you don't really look at this competition seriously until you're in the semi finals or so, it's still, it, it would be nice to get a trophy under our belt. So I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. I predict we win the game 3 0.
0: Ale, what do you think? Well,
2: I, I don't have that much to add. Anthony did a very uh, complete analysis and uh, I, I completely agree. I, maybe 20 instead of 30 uh but yeah i completely agree with all the players and um Kallier in this moment is not playing the best football as you said lost four and the, they draw the one before they are going down and down every week so Hopefully, we can pass this tour without any any problem, any injury, and uh, focus on Lecce.
0: Thanks, mate. Look, I think that, um, yeah, we're playing Cagliari uh, very quickly in succession. We play Cagliari, Lecce, then we face, I think it's Cagliari again, to be honest. Um, so, it is a chance for, um, it is a chance for Conte to use his squad um, and utilize those players who don't get much time. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, Anthony, I can't see uh, both our strikers starting. Um, I honestly think that Lukaku does deserve a rest. Um, it was Martinez who picked up the five yellows prior to that. So I think he he's had a bit of a rest. Let's give Lukaku that rest. Esposito needs that game time. He's not that terrible. He's actually very good. So... It's not like we're downgrading too much. Um, again, Alexis Sanchez, I do see him making that cameo. I, I I could see it being a 2-0, 3-0 win. Um, it would not surprise me if uh, it, it goes 2-0 and we're on the defence for the rest of the game, to be honest. Um, I don't want to see any injuries being picked up in uh, a tournament so early on, uh, especially when we've got, the Serie A which we are currently fighting for. Anyway we then return to the Serie A for the start of the second half of the season against Lecce who we beat 4-0 last time Um, and it was a beautiful performance. We were all dumbfounded. We were all shocked when we played them in the first game of the season um, at the start of this season that is. Uh, But we faced them and I'm quite positive, to be honest. I am very positive, but you just got to look at um, look at their look at their team at the moment, and you look at their fixtures as of late. They they lost this morning, Australian time that is, um, to Parma. So it will be very interesting to see how we go against them. They have taken points away from Juventus this season which was extremely surprising. But I'll go to you this time, Ale. Let's check coming up, what do you think the result's going to be and how do you think we're going to go about getting that result?
2: Um, I, think, um, I think we should win. Uh, I think we have to win. And um, probably it's not going to be a beautiful performance. Um, it's gonna be a tight, tight um, fight between us. Lecce uh, is not the best in terms of quality, but they put a lot of uh, quantity in the fight, and, um, and we saw that against Juve. You know they never give up, so I think though we we should win just because of the quality we can can play with. So, other than that, I'm not really sure uh, of the situation of the players, if anybody's injured or suspended in the Lecce team, honestly. Um, But at at this point, I'm not worried. Um, I'm more focused on our team than... To the opponent, you know, especially um, for a team like Leche, not dis- disrespect, but we are at the level that uh, we should focus uh, and be worried with just few team and the rights we should be able to handle. Um, said that, um, Anthony, what what you think? You agree?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think we will have the quality and I think it's a game where you'll see some players come back and, you know, really give it a large chunk of their quality and quantity for the first time. I think it'll be a game where Sense is warmed up, Barella's ready to go, Brozovic is there to complete the first starting game for those three together and uh, it'll be a game where we click sooner rather than later hopefully because you know these are the games that now that we are in the back end of the season these are must wins these are the sort of games where you slip up and then the first thoughts of okay maybe we're not going to be able to challenge Juventus creep in every game from here is almost a must win for me uh unless of course you know Juventus drop points at least until up until we get into the game um in Turin So, moral of the story is, beat teams like Lecce the way we were beating teams like Lecce in the first half of the season, and we have nothing to worry about. Lukaku, Martinez, they're ready to go again, one of them will score, both of them will score, one of them will score more than one, both of them might score more than one, who knows, but that's a game where we get three points comfortably, simply because we have to, Bruno, you, man.
0: Oh, look, I agree. I, I, I can't see there being too much of an issue. Teams like Lecce um, and teams who sit towards the bottom of the table like to stick 11 people behind in their own half just to simply just defend. They get one point against a team like Inter. You saw what happened against Juventus. Um, it, 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 it means a lot to them. And I think the way we've been going at the moment, we've been getting these early goals, we've been pushing pretty hard and I just can't see that changing against a team like Lecce. Um, I, 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 I can see a replica of the first half of the season. Maybe not 4-0, maybe 3-0 um, but I don't think there's too much to worry about. Then again it all could change with the result against Cagliari and it could also change with players if there's any injuries because we know what Inter's like. We don't like to have a fully fit squad at any point in time. So, that is how it stands at the moment. Um, But, yeah, we'll move on. We have completed the first 19 matches of the season. We are currently sitting on 46 points. Only have lost one match this season. That's against first place. Juventus, we're two points behind first. We're four points behind uh, ahead of second. Uh, Third, sorry. And... uh, also do have that game in hand, which could narrow it down to one point. But in saying that, I personally think we have gone through the first half of the season with only one loss, and that was against the team um, who are currently leading, the team who's won the last, you know, eight Skudeti, I think it is. Um, So, it's hard. You can't really compete when the team above you has only also lost one game, but you picked up that one extra draw. Um, I'll start with you, Anthony. Just a couple of quick questions. We won't spend too much on this. Um, What do you, out of 10, what do you rate Inter's performance in the first half of the season? Um, What do you think could have changed? Um, What what was disappointing? And my third and final question is, um, do you think if we had a fully fit team, any of those results would have changed for us?
1: Oh, good questions. Very, very good questions, bro. Um, Yes, to most of them, if not all of them. I think the disappointments lie only in the expectations where we thought we may have been ready for certain levels where we've just fallen short. So not qualifying for the round of 16 of the Champions League is the disappointment of the first half of the season. For me, because I have no complaints for anything in Serie A, every single point that we've dropped in Serie A this season to me has been, you know, justified points dropped. Either we haven't turned up on the day or, you know, the only regrettable result for me is probably Padma, because I feel like if we focused a little more, we could have beaten Padma in Serie A. Um, but other than that, the drop points at Juventus, the drop points to Atalanta, the drop points to Roma, these are all results that are definitely forgivable, in my opinion. We've been tucking teams away in Serie A that we would usually lose to. It started by winning away to Cagliari. then we, I remember pumping Torino 3-0. At home, that was probably my favourite result of the season because of the wet weather. I hated the Barella injury. It marred it. But other than that, to go to Torino, a ground where we rarely go and perform well and to wipe them 3-0, that really solidified my faith in Conte and the system that's going on. And again, it did fall short in the Champions League and regrettably so, but just look at the list of the injuries that we had. And, you know, while we were bringing on the likes of um, Gagliadini and Politano and Borja Valero, Um, Barcelona were bringing on Dembele and bringing on Arturo Vidal and playing their B team, which supposedly had Vidal and Rakitic and Luis Suarez ready to come on as well, you know, some B team. But we crashed out of the Champions League. It's regrettable because I think, you know, after leading in a couple of the games, things could have gone our way, but you can't expect everything to go your way in a season. It never does. And right now, way more has been going our way than not. And it's just a reflection of the hard work and the changes made, not only just on the field, but, you know, the way upper management has conducted themselves. It's not every day that a team loses their three most marketability, marketable, sorry, and best players in Icardi, Perisic, and Nangolan. And we have a lot more points to show for it. We have a team getting along really well to show for it. And, you know, I'm just going to say it right now. if uh, If we fall short of the Scudetto this season by one, two, or three match days, you won't hear too many complaints out of me. Um, overall first half of the season, because I really didn't expect us to pick up this many points domestically, it gets an eight from me and it's only those fine little margins that separate us having a really good first half of the season. Uh, Alessandro, you, man, did I answer everything, Bruno? I don't know.
0: Yeah, everything was answered, but, uh, Alessandro, our rating in our first half of the season out of 10, um... What was your highlight and
2: what would you have changed? <laughs> okay, so from one to ten, Anthony's was a. I guess <laughs> that's a ten. Uh, yeah, um, no, eight, eight, eight like a number, the number eight, oh, the number eight. eight. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I was a little bit confused. No, uh, okay, um, yeah, I would say eight, too. Um, i'm I'm super happy no complaints if you compared to the previous season, or even if you think at the beginning of the season and now. Um, first is Juventus, and there was no doubt. but being second at just two points, I would never expect that, you know, uh, not at this point. and um, the po- the other positive thing, is that so far? This area is definitely more competitive than the previous one because Lazio is right there, and um, and you know <clears throat> the beginning of the season we, uh, we thought the Napoli maybe was gonna be there and Milan, and Roma, but we know what happened. So that's a little bit <clears throat> the the disappointing. Uh, side of this area, um, and the other big thing that I really hate so far um, was all the the racist shit that every every week or every other week is going on, and uh, we know that it's more to do with uh, the Italian culture, and uh, but I still cannot believe in twenty twenty we still have to, to talk about this and trying to figure out a way for these people to understand. Uh, but it's just very frustrating and uh, that's the only bad thing, really bad thing of this Serie A, this Campeonato so far. Uh, for If you look at our team, um, I'm super happy uh, for what we're doing in Serie A. I'm super happy of uh, for how how Conte uh, is managing the the team, um, players that just last year were uh, were bad or were not performing as well this year, uh, everybody is contributing. Um, I, I I think uh just a couple of players were not able to to give 100% so far. I think of Politano um, and uh, and Lazaro honestly uh, Biragi as well, but uh, he's like more up and down why Lazaro and Politano were not able to express themselves. I don't know if it's because of the the kind of formation and football we are playing probably. For Politanos more uh, more than for Lazaro because for what we know uh, Conte picked Lazzaro because of the the three five two and I still can't believe it but uh, okay uh, and but already at the beginning of the season I I wasn't able to understand and see Politano playing as a striker. Uh, he's a winger and uh, not that kind of winger that can help in the defense. So it was something that I was going to expect. Uh, but other than that, I I have no complaints. I am not even complain about Champions League, honestly. If you guys remember, I, I some, somehow I was expecting us going out of the Champions League so I didn't have any hope and uh, even there we, we were um, almost able to make it through. So uh, this season so far just uh, positive marks. we don't know. Did I answer everything? Yeah look
0: look you answered everything and I am grateful for that. thank you. Um, me, personally, I would rate our first half of the season, out of 10, um, a 14. Uh, just being an Inter fan, you, 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 you get used to disappointment. And I just kept waiting. You know, we're, we're doing so well. And I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for the collapse, waiting for the news. Um, and you've got to think, right? Anthony mentioned it earlier we got rid of Accardi we got rid of Perisic we got rid of Nengle and you, you, you took the heart and soul out of the team yes yeah, some things weren't working but they were our key figures within the team minus Grin and Handanovic and um you you basically bring in a brand new team Lautaro who didn't get much time under um, Spalletti until the back end of last season um Lukaku Sanchez Barella Sensi um, you know, Godin, Lazaro, Baragi, you know, it, it's a brand new team virtually. Um, even Kandreva, even he, he's playing a new position and it's brand new to him, but he is excelling in. And I just did not expect it to go as well as what it did. Champions League, I didn't have high hopes seeing initially when I saw the group. I did not have high hopes. I just think the disappointing factor when it came to Champions League was the way Inter crashed out. Um, the the first round draw against uh, Rapid Vienna. Um, the loss to Barcelona is forgivable. We beat by uh, Borussia Dortmund. Then we we dropped a two 0 lead um, to lose three two by halftime. It, it it just did not work well for Inter, and that I think that was more heartbreaking than the actual fact that we did get knocked out. Overall, I am very happy with the way we've performed. Just a couple of quick facts, right? If Inter were playing in the French League, we would currently be sitting equal first with PSG, who have the likes of Neymar, Cavani, Mbappé, Icardi, who has been playing phenomenally there. If Inter were playing in the Spanish League, we would be currently first by a long long shot we will be currently first by uh six points and that's with barcelona and real madrid in the same league if inter were playing in germany we would be currently first although germany are two games behind us you give six points to the top team they still will not be first um And if we're playing in Premier League, we would be second. But in saying that, Liverpool is having a ridiculous season. Um, So, basically, you compare Inter to the rest of Europe, we're doing extremely well. Yeah, the teams are different and all of that. But just points-wise, it just shows how competitive we've been this season. But um, before we move on to the next topic, I do know Ale has a question
2: about this. So, Ale, what was your question? Yeah, so, uh, both you and Anthony and me, we agreed that we had this, uh, so far, amazing uh, campeonato. But if you have to pick something we should improve, something that we should start working on and, and get better, what What do you think it will, will be? Bruno? Or Anthony, Uh, whoever wants to answer.
0: I'll I'll, I'll give it to Anthony first, but um, that's that's an amazing question. I'm sorry, that's that's fantastic. Anyway, Anthony, I'm dumbfounded.
1: So something to improve on in this back season, I would say maybe getting our fitness to the point where we can squeeze out that intensity for an extra 15 minutes or so. The games that we haven't performed as well in this season have been against real high-quality opponents that seem to be able to stay switched on for that extra 10 to 15 minutes, or at least they're able to pick and choose a moment in the second half to absolutely dominate us. Or even in the first half, we, there, are, there have been matches this season against higher-class opponents like Juventus, like Barcelona, and you know, recently against Atalanta. Even when we went to Rome, there were periods of the match where we looked second-best by a mile. And I would like us to get to a level where we go into the matches against teams and we know that we can dominate them no matter what and leave there knowing that even if we don't get the three points, we 100% thoroughly deserve to get the three points. And how does that work? You know, time. We're in our first, what, six months with the coach. It'd be different if we'd be having this conversation two years into his stint, and I'd be like, oh, I'd like us to improve like this. No, these are all completely Completely very, very viable facts to improve on after six months. So I just expect us to be able to take it to teams a little bit more intently towards the back end of this season. Oh, and Barilla's the the best player in the world. Barilla's the best player in the world, and he'll continue oh, being oh, the best oh. player in the world. Okay, okay, okay. Relax,
0: man. Uh, Look, honestly, with the team, there's not much I would change. You can't ask for much more from a team who's just been re- like brought into this. Uh, This environment like Sensi, Barella, they didn't know what Champions League football was before they played and all of that. So there's nothing I would change there. What I would change is behind the scenes. I would change our medical team, our, our conditioning and strengthening staff, because I feel they've cost us a lot this season. They've cost us a fair few points with the treatment of our players. Asamoah was only meant to be out for two weeks. I don't know how many months it's been so far. Sensi was meant to be out for a month. He's gone for too long, right? Um, you've got players like Barella, Sanchez. Sanchez's recovery was actually phenomenal for the injury he had, but a lot of the backroom staff need to improve because I just don't find it when you're a world-class team, you're bringing a player back. That one game early, and it's costing that player an extra two months on the sideline. And I feel like that's probably breaking up Inter's momentum a lot. It's forced Conte to make a lot of moves that we haven't been happy uh, happy with. Oh, we're not happy with Baragi starting week in, week out. Um, we're not happy with, you know, Barella and Sensi not even being in part of the team. We're not happy for a lone player with. Gordon, who showed amazing signs in his two games he played with us, sitting on the bench for three months, uh, injured. So that's probably the only thing I would change. Come to me at the end of the season and ask that question. That's where I'll start talking about plays and stuff. But Ale, what would you change?
2: So I agree with both of you, but what I would start to focus on, and maybe this can bring to the transfer, um, I will focus on corner kick and free kick because I cannot recall a goal from corner kick or from free kick this season. Maybe it's just me and my memory. I know it's not good. But if we can bring three, four, five goals in a season from free kick, corner kick, that sometimes that can mean winning a game instead of drawing a game, or drawing a game if we are losing. And yeah. uh, if we have a player um, like Erickson, for example, that can help. Or if we have somebody that can that's able to cross uh, a corner kick for the for the bright for Skriniar, for Godin, Lukaku, for all the specialists we have, maybe we can score more. And it, I don't think, if you're a professional uh, soccer player, I don't think that's something
0: impossible to ask. Yeah, definitely. And I think we saw very good glimpses of Sensi earlier in the season. Taken a couple of free kicks hit in the post. I'm not sure if he actually got one in, but uh, I, I get what you mean. And set pieces are an important part of the game. The only set piece we seem to be successful with at the moment is the penalty kick. And, um, you know, that's just not good enough. I get what you mean, but it's small steps for Inter at the moment. All right, we are going to be a bit tight for time at the moment, but I'm going to fire off a couple of transfer rumors. The transfer markets remaining open for another two weeks and Inter's yet to do absolutely anything. Um, they've been linked to the likes of Ericsson Vidal, Giroud, Marcos Alonso and, um, you know, Lavetti Modric and everyone else that Inter's always linked to. But uh, I'll, I'll, it's going to be quick fire. I just want yes and a quick reason as to why and your suitable transfer fee. Um, the first one is I'm going to start with is the one that seems to have picked up the most traction and seems to be absolutely in the making um, is Christian Eriksen. He was seen waving farewell to the Tottenham fans at their game against Liverpool on the weekend. We know he's out the door. Um, we're looking at around 20 million for him. Uh, we could have gotten him for free at the end of the season. I don't think Conte or Marotta want to take any chances. But, Anthony, yes or no, how much do you want to spend?
1: Oh, it's a no brainer. Of course, it's a yes. He's one of those players perfect to unlock that midfield to attack, that role that we've been looking for and crying out for for so long. Not only that, he's a player that's worth about 50, 60 million in today's market, and we're looking to get anywhere from 20, under. You know, even closer to 10 to be honest uh, the salary it's a little bit um, it's a little bit for us but you know anyone who's been in the news in the last 24 hours will know that Zank has just injected a whole bunch of funds and there's going to be some new contracts and some new wages thrown up in the air and that's exactly what you need for a big team like Inter keep the big players happy offer them big team money so they can be big stars at a big club Ericsson's going to be one of those players hopefully um, within the next couple of days, and if that's the case, it's a definite yes from me. So yeah, one hundred percent, bro. Ale,
0: yes, and why? Yes or no, and why?
2: Yes, absolutely yes, for all the reason Anthony just said. If we want to go back, be one of the best team in Europe and in the world, we need players like that, and uh, twenty million, I you know can sound like a lot, but for the quality of the player, it's not. So, definitely, yes.
0: Perfect. Alright, so we were linked to this player very early on in the season and throughout the season. It is Alcuro Vidal. Um, it, we sort of lost a lot of traction with it in the last couple of weeks once the transfer window did open, but um, Valverde, the Barcelona coach, has now been sacked, so they, the new coach will have you say on whether he wants him or not. Um, would you, Anthony, do you want him? Yes or no? And if so, how much do you want to spend?
1: hundred percent. I want him. He's an injection of quality that we need. At 32 years old, he's four times the player Vecino is, four times the player Gagliadini is. He's the exact kind of player that you want starting or on the bench. You know, you bring on Vidal for for 25 or 30 minutes, you could almost bring him on to take the care of the midfield himself. He's still got it left in him. He comes on for Barcelona and literally wins games on his own. He starts games for Barcelona and still scores and assists. I don't know what to believe in the media in terms of whether he wants to come here or not. We hear something new every day. And, you know, today the Barcelona coach was sacked. The same coach that has them sitting first in the league and first out of their um, Champions League group. So go figure. But... For me, it's a no brainer as well. And if you have to pay anywhere near 25 million, 20 to 25 million, by all means, pay the money. And you know, it's just a question of how, how quickly do we want to compete at the highest level? Do we want to challenge Juventus over the next four months, or are we content to challenge them next season? Signings like Vidal are the difference maker, both economically and results wise. But yes, from me, for sure. I'll let yes or no, and how
0: much.
2: It's a yes. Um, I'll tell you just this. uh, Here in San Francisco, friends, uh, co-workers I have uh, from uh, South America, Central America, I didn't even know they were following soccer, and they asked me, are you into support it? right? And I was like, yes. Oh, Vidal the king is coming, your team, are you happy? So, they, this, it may sound stupid, but Vidal is still a huge player, especially here on the, this side of the world, and I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's still in Europe, and um, so definitely yes, for the right price. Though <laughs> not gonna go crazy uh, for uh, thirty-two years old. Um, but if the numbers I've, I've read are are correct, uh, yes,
0: absolutely yes. Perfect. Look, I cannot say no to another midfielder, especially with the woes and struggles it has had in the first half of the season with midfielders. Um, uh, uh, price is an issue. Uh, 20 to 25 million is probably what I would offer. If we can get him for that price, I reckon it's a bargain. I reckon we will have our team set in stone. Even if we don't win the Scudetto till this year, we'll be in a very good comp- position to compete in all competitions next season, and I think with Conte, it's not a one-year plan. He's not expected to win the Scudetto so quickly. He's not expected to, you know, win the Champions League or anything like that in his first season, but he's done so well. Um, Olivier Giroud, World Cup winner in 2018. Um, Still in the French squad, he's been linked to Inter as well as a backup striker. His only point is he wants game time, and that could be the dual die for Inter. Uh, Ale, I'll start with you on this one. Do you want him at the club? If so, why and how much?
2: Eh. <laughs> um. uh eh, I don't know. I'm not. know i am not let just say it's not one of my favorite players. But we definitely need uh, another striker. Um maybe for the right price if the price is really low or if it's a loan Um, I I forgot to say Vidal plus Conte that's another very strong reason for a yes so maybe Giro plus Conte that's a good reason Uh, but um, I don't know Uh, I'm not um, I'm like 50-50, 50-50, let's just say 50-50.
1: Yeah.
0: Anthony, your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I'll take him, but uh, I, I share the same reservations as Alessandro. At the same time, if we get him, great, provided that we strengthen that midfield position by one or two players and you know, find a decent replacement at wing-back, I'll let you go through the rumours, I won't ruin it, but that Giroud would be... One of my third, maybe fourth options on the list as the perfect vice Lukaku. I almost want Esposito over Giroud, but at the same time, that's not a mature decision to make in January. You're one bad injury away from banking on a 17-year-old, and that's not right, especially in Europa League when you have to play matches on a Thursday night. Um, Giroud, I would say, was one of the best players in last year's Europa League. He scored goals at crucial points, and he won it last season could be another incentive as to why we're looking at him. And for the price, eh, I've seen Inter's revenue. Five to seven million is absolute candy money. So, yeah, I'll take it. I'll say yes to Giroud as well. Yeah, look,
0: I'm not sold on Giroud as being a starting player. But as a backup, he's got the experience of winning the World Cup Europa League. He's a player who... At this current point in time, he's playing for his spot in the national team for the upcoming Euros, and he wants to be there. So I, I have a feeling if we do get him, he will play his heart out. Um, I don't want to bank too much money on him, but like Anthony said, five to seven, even nine million—it's pocket money with the um, with the way interest going at the moment. But you again—you can't bank. Um, you can't put a price on experience, and he's been there. He's done it all. He's lifted the. The, the, the most prized icon in football, the World Cup. And it's not like he didn't do anything in that team at all. So I, I, I wouldn't um, mind that. Uh, there are a couple of other rumours, but there is one that just flourished um, following the most latest match date. And that is Polithano to go to Roma for um, Spinozola, straight swap in that front. I'm um, thinking they want to replace uh, what has um, hampered their season in the injury of Zanioglu, former Inter player himself. Um, Torres ACL. But I, I'll start off with this one. Um, I think this is a fantastic move. Um, Politano, he was made permanent by Inter prior to Conte arriving. Um, and I, I can't take away for what he has done. For Inter in the last season, he was there. I just feel Conte does not have room for him in this squad. He's not the Contreva who can run up the field, put that cross in, run back to and he's not a striker like Conte's been playing.
1: Spinozola, on the
0: other hand, I would take with open arms. I just feel he would be that extra reinforcement that Inter's been looking for in that back line, and not having to lay out a cent for that, I can't complain with that. Ah... Anthony, I know you're about to mention this very early on, but what do you think I'm sure you would agree, but what's your pros,
1: what's your cons? For Spinazzola, he's he's a position that we need straight away. He's Italian, he fits Conte's system, he can defend, he's good on the attacking front. This is the kind of wing-back you want to be linked with. Um, I don't feel like he's happy being bounced around a little bit from um, Juventus Roma his exchange there but he could settle and we're building a good italian core i see no reason why he wouldn't want to come here i think he'd get the field time he wants and you know he's the right age and everything is a lot better than the rumor of ashley young and at the end of the day the politano side of things it's not ideal that we have to let him go because he's a decent squad player and a bench player but i've said this before he's a little bit of a one-trick pony and if you can't do it as good as Ian Robin can, then you're going to get found out you know, more times than Ian Robin did. So, Matteo Politano, while Antonio Conte is our coach, doesn't have a starting role, and therefore it's a salary wasted and a salary way better spent on a left wing back like Spinazzola. Get him in, and that transfer would be on the top of my list after we close out Ericsson. And Ale, your thoughts?
2: If he's a straight loan... Yes, and um, I remember Spinazzola playing for Bemonte Calcio, and uh, I I remember a um, game in Champions League where Spinazzola was probably the, the man of the match. It was amazing, and um, if if we are able to play Spinazzola at that level, um, Conte. Should, should do pretty good with that kind of player like Allegri was able to. Uh, while now at Roma, they prefer to keep Kolarov on the left, also because can, can have with free kick and corner kicks. And, and, um, and on the right, they decide to, to play with Florenzi most of the time. So uh, it doesn't have so much space and uh it's in a, the same kind of situation uh as politano is for us so it, this can be a win-win for roma and uh, and for us um i think the the evaluation of the players is also pretty much the same so if it's not uh um alone but just uh swap a player for the same amount I can be a solution too i'm just worried that um after biragi we bring in um, we bring in spinazzola if it doesn't uh works then uh then we're stuck with with two left back they're not at a good level so i, I don't know uh i'm like 85 percent yes uh, but I would prefer alone rather than uh, swap a player.
0: Yeah, look, I, I can see where you're both coming from. And I just think with Asamoah being the HE is one too, um, as injury-prone as what he is, is, Baragi hasn't fulfilled the expectations of fans, let alone Conti. So that is that. Now, one final question. It has been asked on not just inter-forums, but in forums across the globe. Any player, now let's be realistic, we're not talking Messi or anything like that, but any player that you could bring to Inter to strengthen in any position, who would it be? Why? We'll go to you, Ale. What is it?
2: Wait, wait, wait. Say it again.
0: So, any player you could bring to Inter this transfer window and why? Not restricted to just we're not restricted to just Europe.
2: Mm, okay, define realistic, like like a budget. Yeah. Like I can I can go for I don't know Aguero. Uh, uh,
0: uh. The, the, yeah. I, I can see our imagination's gone way off skew here, and you could <laughs> mention any player under the sun. How about this one? You have to get rid of one player from Inter. Who it is and why? Okay.
2: So, I don't know how, how this can be realistic, but I would say this player for a couple of reasons. Um, I would... Um, I would give... I would keep Sensi, Brozovic, and Barrella. Actually, even... Let's do this. I would give Brozovic for the brun any day and it's just because i just remember uh the brun was like joking with lukaku on twitter or instagram i remember something like um lukaku was uh commenting on assist he did and uh, and the brun answered like get ready for this summer and a lot of Inter supporters was like, oh my God, he's coming, he's coming. Of course, it was talking about the Euro Cup. Um, but
0: and we, and it Inter would don't be have amazing. a spare 300 million. Say again? Inter don't have a spare 300 million at the moment, that's all.
2: Oh, I know, I know. But I don't know, maybe they like Brazovic and they give us a discount because you're
0: nice. <laughs> no,
2: I'm kidding. I'm fair kidding. enough,
0: fair enough. Uh Anthony, who do you want to get rid of? Why and who do you want to replace?
1: I'm going to go with the context that someone you have to get rid of is someone that still holds a decent market value. And for that reason, I like the fact that players like Vecino still appeal to the physicality and the high tempo of the Premier League. And I think while we've got that card to play with a player like Vecino, we should bank in on every chance we should get. That's why I was really excited when the rumours were a or straight swap for Ericsson. That would have been pretty much a dream swap for me. Um, because we're linked with Ericsson, I, I don't think I'll use him for this example. I would use N'Golo Kante for the most obvious reasons in the world. He would basically make the back three look even better than they do now. He would make every midfielder look better than they do now and we'd concede less goals and have more opportunities moving forward uh, on a counter-attack. I think N'Golo Kante would actually be the midfielder that could actually unlock a scary amount of potential in this team. But it's never, ever, ever seemed realistic uh, to me from the get-go. But hey, while we're having a little bit of a fantasy chat, I reckon you swap Vecino for Kante and all of a sudden... You go from great to phenomenal.
0: Oh, well, that, that, again, uh, De Bruyne and Kanté in the same team with Lukaku up front sounds fantastic. Um, I, I'm i going to be a bit more realistic here. Um, get rid of Gold. He's done. He's not coming back. Let's bank in on him and his performances at Flamingo. Um, if we can get 25 to 30 mil like we were linked to West Ham, um, I would take that any of the day of the week, even twenty mil being linked to back to Flamengo. Why not? We're not going to use him. He's he 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 is an inter player. Let's bank in on him. He's young. He didn't play well for us, and you know he's played phenomenally in Brazil. Let's make the most of that. I would replace him with a player who is in fact a free agent at the end of at this season and that is David Silva who will pair up fantastically with De Bruyne and with N'Golo Kante. So that <laughs> is my change. I would take him more <laughs> realistic but I like where you guys are going. Um, I would like to say thank you Ale, for joining us um, at this late hour in San Francisco.
2: Thank you. Thank you guys. It was a pleasure.
0: And, Anthony, always a pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to host this edition of the Inter podcast.
1: Bro, let's do this more often. This was the most relaxing podcast ever. I liked it.
0: And thank you to the fans from all of us here at Inter Worldwide. If you have any questions you'd like us to address on this podcast, leave a comment below. And we thank you all. Forza Inter. Forza Inter Worldwide. Ciao ragazzi.
1: Ciao ragazzi, grazie.